Hey everyone, before we get to the show, we did just want to give you a heads up. The episode does touch on suicide, suicidal ideation, and completed suicide. If that's something that you do not have space for right now, please skip the episode. If you do listen and this brings things up for you, please know that help is out there. There is the Suicide Prevention Lifeline in the United States can be reached at one 800 273 8255 and in Canada you can call 833-456-4566. If it is an emergency situation you can always call 911 and if you're in another country please just google suicide hotline and the number will be available for you. Stay safe, take care of yourself and we love you horse girls. And welcome back to Bojack Horse Pod, the Bojack Horseman story. Today we will be talking about season six, episode 16 of Bojack, the finale. Nice while it lasted. I am Kirsten McKinnis, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? We made it. We're all the way at the end of Bojack, and we are still intact, even though we are emotionally scared. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say intact is probably not the word I'd use to describe <laughs> myself. We might be more broken than ever before. Yeah, that's possible. Do you think any rewatch podcast has successfully never missed a week? I'm sure it's happened, but I feel like it's rare. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure that there are lots of podcasts <laughs> that don't miss a week. But probably they, like, re-release stuff or, like, mm. I don't know. We've new been... content every week, baby. Yeah, we have released something new every single week. We never grew to hate each other, even though lately, like, oh, man, since COVID, like, having COVID, I'm truly, my brain does not work. And I have been <laughs> so not consistent or responsible as normal. Like, way worse. I le- Like, I think we can both agree I've been worse than normal, like, just at reliability in the last like couple of weeks and it's just like my brain my brain is fucking fried and so you're excused yeah well and that's the thing is I think like I just because I tested negative for COVID right like I'm not contagious anymore but it doesn't mean I'm recovered and I think that it really has humbled me to recognize that yes it has been a month since I tested positive But that doesn't mean I'm just better and can do all of my normal things with no (laughs) consequences. The stats vary, but some studies have found up to like 50% of people reporting symptoms up to four weeks later and then many people longer than that. So, Yeah, it just – it's a bitch. I recommend not getting it, Lindsay. (laughs) I'll do my best. If if you can avoid – that would be my recommendation. Okay. I thought about getting it, but now maybe I won't. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to talk you out of it. I know that you were starting to get COVID curious, and so I'm, I'm glad so I was able FOMO. to solve that for you. Yeah, famously, people get FOMO about things that are horrible. Famously. Famously. But yeah, we did it. We watched all six seasons of Bojack Horseman. I was about to call it Bojack Horse Pod, but like... <laughs> That's not actually what the show is called. That's our podcast. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We did it. Yeah, we did it. How do you feel? I feel good. How do you feel? I also feel good. I feel like this was uh, an accomplishment getting all the way to the end. I feel like it flew by to some extent. 
It's, well, much like time in general, it both went so fast and also horrifically slow. Yes. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but we started releasing in January of 2021, and it is mm-hmm. now, well, for us, June of 2022, and we were, we're done. Yeah. Not the podcast. Like, our podcast will continue. Like, Lindsay will have to be like, Kirsten, I don't want a podcast with you anymore (laughs) for me to, like, end this virtuous cycle. We're going to be here forever, baby. I love it. I love that we went from, like, occasionally texting (laughs) to texting a little bit more to being co-host to now I feel like I can confidently say that we're very close. I think we're close friends. I think so, too. It's funny because I I was reflecting on it, too, and I was like, I would argue that when you first messaged me being like, should we do a podcast? I was like, yeah, we like kind of know each other a little. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was like, we've talked a little bit. But, but not I, a lot. Like, I don't know if people appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, we it was like, I think if we scrolled back to the start of our like Facebook messenger, there would not be a lot before it was me being like, hi. <laughs> I'm the I'm the one that you should start a podcast with. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. <laughs> you had gone on to Robin Akivanita podcast and you had done the sleepover podcast. Mm-hmm. And at the time you had had a very successful office rewatch podcast. Yeah. Weirdly successful. <laughs> well, you also you started it at the exact right time that then Office mm-hmm. Ladies started after you had some episodes in the can. So people like mm-hmm. We're really drawn to office pod. Like you just really started that at the right time, just like with the wrong, <laughs> the person. wrong person. <laughs> and so you had this very successful podcast that was kind of just ending. I feel like mm-hmm. is what I remember. And you went on Robin and Akiva Need a podcast, and they were just in awe of your skills, as was everyone who listened <laughs> to that episode. And you said you wanted to start another rewatch podcast, but you didn't know what to watch, and you didn't have a co-host. And at the time, I think my only regular podcast was Kowski Cast and then the occasional dummy on an island. Not mm-hmm. not what it is today. And I was like, <laughs> not like ten a week. <laughs> oh my I was like, she's smart and she's funny and she's so good and like she definitely has the technical ability to do the parts of this that I simply cannot and will <laughs> not do. And so I I shot my shot, which is like I normally don't do that because I got rejected once when I romantically shot my shot and I said never again. <laughs> And we and you were like, yeah, of course. And then we just like started talking about comedies we liked and like where the overlap was. And here we are, two years later. Unreal, yeah. And I'd say close friends. Yeah, yeah. It's been one of the real joys of this. I think is to not only get to chat with you every week, but also just be like, oh, I can just like text Kirsten at any given time and be like, you'll never guess what. <laughs> True. Literally, you can at any given time, and I will never be. I'll never be annoyed because the thing is, is if I can't look at my phone, it will be in do not disturb mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Me too. All the time. It's the way I'm trying to scroll back to the top of our Oh chat. my God. Good luck. And I got to June 1st, 2022. And the little thing is like so small. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to keep scrolling while we're while we're chatting. But yeah. Do, do you think we're different people than we were when we started this podcast? Or do you think we're like the same person, but just like more experienced? I don't know. I feel like maybe we have changed somewhat. I feel like for me, one of the things that I was sort of reflecting on is like, again, we didn't know each other very well at the beginning of this. And I think 
I'm going to get sincere here, Kirsten. Trigger oh warning. my God, how dare um, you? Thank you for the warning. <laughs> I think I knew that you were like a really fun podcaster and had heard you do fun things on our ATP. But then I think what has been so much fun for me to experience up close has been just how thoughtful and eloquent you are about all of these <laughs> things where you're like, oh, and I'm also super passionate about all of these things and I can articulate them extremely well. And I feel like oh, you're just like goodness. out here on the right side of history on everything and fighting for justice and stuff. Oh, and I just, man. I don't know, it's been so nice to see. Just wait till I get canceled and then you're going to feel really <laughs> upset that you said I was on the right side of history. Let me just make a blanket statement. Like, I disavow everything Kirsten has yeah, said like, and will go on to say. I was wrong. I didn't know. <laughs> Up until this point, everything is fine as far as I know, but I disavow any bad things Kirsten has secretly said. I mean, I don't, th- <laughs> I don't think that I'm like, I mean, I'm sure I've said like problematic things in my life. I don't think I've ever intentionally said a problematic thing. And I feel like if someone was like, hey, you shouldn't say that, I'd be like, yes, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, to that, not exactly related, but I think getting to talk to you has made me a way better podcaster just because you are so good at expressing your both like balancing what's super fun, but also being super accountable and standing up for things that are right. And I think talking about this show, it's hard to find that balance. And I think we've done a really good job with that. And I'm very proud of that. I well yeah and Lindsay I think like obviously the thing is is I already knew that you were super smart and great (laughs) and amazing but I think that you have just a wonderful balance of humor and thoughtfulness and care as well and so I'm I'm just glad that we have found each other that we started this podcast and yeah I love this what a dream (laughs) literally a dream this has been a dream and it's not ending don't worry like we're not we're not ending the podcast (laughs) God forbid. We would never. We can never. So we're, <laughs> I think we we said what? We're, we'll do Tuca and Birdie and then Veep? Yeah. Are we going to do the new season? I see that there's a new season of Tuca and Birdie coming out too. I mean, I think that we need to go week to week from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, by okay. the time we're done, the first couple seasons, we should be able to watch the new one too. So, so I, I was thinking think about that. that. How many episodes of Tuca and Birdie are there like? 30? I think there's like maybe 30. So I think that will take us basically to the end of 2022 and then we can start 2023 fresh with yeah. Veep. Veep. And, and the Birdie. group chat was so excited when they heard about the Veep cast. Yes, that makes me very excited. I'm glad that Selena we're in my pod. Yes. <laughs> very glad we're going with Veep. I think that's going to be really fun to do. No, I think it's such a good decision. And I feel like they're, I mean, I don't know what the veep podcast landscape is like actually let me look on chartable for veep yeah Tuka and birdie has a 99 percent on rotten tomatoes i'm not surprised by that yeah so well. yeah there's a podcast called second in command of veep rewatch veep reviews and after show on after buzz which obviously was just like when it was live and then there's one called oh no it's not about veep it's called v podcast like v-e-e-p like the veep goes into the word podcast and it says a painting describing a whole journey from childhood to death no and it has two episodes both published on april 13th 2021 and nothing else i think that's a haunted (laughs) podcast feed so i I don't think there's a lot of competition out there for the veep heads and a few great podcasters are like oh well now i have an excuse to watch veep such as brian skelly and matt gagan Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well so. as austin trump was like wow i've never been watching a show that anyone has a podcast about and now <laughs> now i'll know so we got people to get austin yeah love that it's i big. just looked at what is 30 weeks from 
I put August 9th because in theory, like maybe that's when we'll start the Duke and Birdie time. And it says March 7th. So maybe we double up at some point. Who knows? I mean, I think that we like, well, we're not going anywhere. What? Like we're in a hurry? No, just if we wanted to start it for the new year. But I don't think we're in a hurry. I don't think we have to. I just think it would have been cool if that's where it lined up. Yeah. Yeah. So, Um, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. I was thinking for people who want to send in feedback about the end of the show, maybe we can tell them when we want to aim to record something so they will know how long they have to get their feedback in. So I think Love Island will be over at the end of August. I think we should target recording beginning of August. We'll make time for a... I think so. It gives people two weeks from now. Yeah, you've roughly two weeks. Get in your feedback. Feedback can be on the podcast. It can be on the show. Just kind of the horse pod experience and we'll go through all of that. I know like Malagori brought up the concept of doing like character studies. I don't think that's off the table, but I just don't think it's on the table right now. Yeah, maybe later. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, well... When you hear this, we'll have recorded our first couple of Tuca and Birdies. We want to give a good summer break for me and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. so it'll be like a weird time thing where you'll get your feedback episode and then the first couple Tuca and Birdies, but the Tuca and Birdies will have been recorded before the feedback. <laughs> yeah, because we, we are going to, we're going to, we're going to have a few weeks of, of either no pods. Maybe we'll do a cheeky patron pod in the main feed. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Maybe a. Maybe a re-release of our first episode could Ooh, be fun. funny. Yeah. I was actually thinking it would be fun before the, f- the feedback episode to go back and watch the first one just for my own edification. But. Well, we could do – actually, what I think would be very interesting. So how about for our podcast that comes out on July 26th, we watch the first episode of BoJack and listen to our first episode of Horse Pod, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we just – record a quick intro about about our experience and then re-release the first pod with it. I think that could yes. be cute. Yes, very cute. I'm into it. And it's a low lift from us as well. <laughs> yeah, a low lift for us and I think it'll be cute. It's a little meta, but to do it once I think is fine. I think so, yeah. Okay, now that we're 16 minutes in, should we tell people what time <laughs> it is? Let's do it. What time is it? Okay, so it is currently Saturday, June 18th, 2022 at 11.20 a.m. in the Pacific time zone, 2.20 p.m. in the Eastern time zone, 7.20 p.m. in London, and 2.20 a.m. on Sunday, June 19th in Hong Kong. And that's what time it is right now. Great. (laughs) Are we carrying forward what time it is to Tuca and BirdPod? Well, that's the thing. I feel like people like knowing what time it is. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I feel like we should. What do you think? Yeah, I'm into it. I mean, I, th- I feel like people were upset when we didn't do it on our first <laughs> Patreon episode. You're right about that. So maybe we should. I don't know. We, mm-hmm. You know what? I'm open to it. I'm open to also changing it and doing new segments. Yeah. Who can say? <laughs> Who could say where we'll be at that point? Two can say. <laughs> but I'm- I thought you were going to be horrified. <laughs> I mean, internally, yes, but right now I just have warm, fuzzy feelings for you, so it's okay. Yes, feeling generous. It is July 19th when this is getting released, and so we do have some holidays as well. It mm-hmm. is Flight Attendant Safety Professionals Day. 
Okay. I mean, we ha- we just talked about aviation safety a few weeks ago. Very important. Very important. It is International Retainer Day. <laughs> and it does not say, like, what type of retainer. Like, retaining, like, representation or, like, a oh. tooth retainer or, like, or I don't know. braces retainer. It doesn't say. I put in my retainer for my teeth the other night for the first time in God knows how long. <laughs> and boy, did that hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't wear mine enough as a teen, and so I ended up having to get my teeth re-straightened. And now I wear, like, a mouth guard thing, because I... I do. Your girl be grinding her teeth. I have permanent <laughs> retainers, so mm, yes. thankfully they didn't move too, too much. Mm-hmm. But still hurt like a, a real bitch. <laughs> it's National Daiquiri Day. Okay. Sounds delicious. I love a frozen mm-hmm. drink. Mm-hmm. I had one in Costa Rica. It's lovely. It is... National Flitch Day, which is a measurement for bacon. Flitch? Yeah, a flitch, because a flitch is half of one or one side of a pig, also huh. known as a slab. Okay. Um, Doesn't sound like a widely celebrated oh, holiday. The custom, it comes from the 13th or 14th century. It was mentioned in Canterbury Tales. So it's a custom where married couples prove that neither one of them had any thoughts over the previous year and a day in which they wish they hadn't been married. The couple (laughs) kneels in the churchyard on two hard-pointed stones while taking an oath in front of monks and the rest of the town. It was believed that if they hadn't had any thoughts of regret, they were each given a flitch of bacon and paraded around town. It was quite (laughs) rare for a couple actually to be given a slab of bacon, and it lasted into the mid-18th century. It was brought to America by English colonists, but not long practiced there. There's also a novel called The Flitch of... The Filch... Flitch. Flitch of Bacon from 1854. Hmm. Seems like a silly tradition. (laughs) It does seem like a very silly tradition, and I feel like... To never have second thoughts ever in your life is like a weird, like, okay, weird flex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it is quite accurate that they would be like, this almost never actually happens. Mm -hmm. It's National Raspberry Cake Day. Okay. I've never had a raspberry cake. Me either. Strawberry Shortcake Day recently. Strawberry Shortcake, I think, is way better. The raspberry cake looks fine. It looks like just a Mm. normal cake with icing and then there's raspberries on top. Mm. All right. Fine. I don't know. It's National Words with Friends Day. Okay. So play words with friends. It's New Friends Day. So I guess it's the day when you're supposed to make new friends. I don't believe in that. Me either. <laughs> I don't make any new friends anymore. I have enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Roster's full, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> I remember when I was doing online dating, people would be like, maybe I'll meet some new friends. I was like, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I'm sorry. The concept of being single and trying to date someone. And then the man is like, I really think of you as more of a friend. No. Yeah, we're, no we've we're, never, we're never speaking again. <laughs> we've never been friends. We're never going to be friends. If I wanted friends, I would be on Bumble BFF looking exactly. for friends. Yeah, that's right. It's stick out your tongue day. Okay. I can't, I can't advertise that one. I think, I think you should just keep your tongue in your mouth mostly. <laughs> Sure, yeah. There's one more holiday. It is World Product Day, and it does not say what type of product. Sounds like some capitalist nonsense. It's got to be. And it seems to move. Like, it, it normally seems to be in May, but in 2022 is just in July. I think it's an Apple thing. Product Day? That sounds right. They, like, launch all their new shit. 
Mm, yeah. Oh, wait. It started as a way to celebrate the anniversary of Mind the Product, a company that works towards bringing people together to share experiences of selling, manufacturing, or developing products. So it's just about products in general. I don't think I'll be partaking. Nah, we're good. Yeah. No, it sounds like it might be a pyramid scheme. It's like if you can't <laughs> attend any of the events, you could host an event for your friends. No, thanks. Mm. No, thank you. Nice try. <laughs> okay. The finale. We did it. Yeah. We watched it. We watched it. I can't believe it. Ah, oh, it's so weird. I love that the finale completely written by RB Dub. No one else has writing cred on this episode. Oh, it's an RB Dub directed by Aaron Long. And I love their the only cast in this episode is Bojack, Princess Carolyn, Diane, Mr. Peanut Butter, and Todd. The core five, I think that was a really good choice. Yes, I agree. I have that in my notes, too. So nice, too. I mean, obviously, uh, most of it is framed around the wedding, but we only see Princess Carolyn. We can see guests in the background, but we're not interacting with any of them. And we just get these really lovely moments with each of them. We get to say goodbye to each of our characters. And I don't know. What do you think? Big picture. How do you think this is as a finale? I know finales are often very hard to land. I think it's nice. I think it's really nice. I like that we get a BoJack goodbye with all of the characters. I think it's very fitting. I think it's a good ending point. It doesn't feel forced. I feel like it does wrap up. Like, I think, I feel like everything has been wrapped up. I agree. I think they don't, like you said, they're not forcing it. It's not this little happy ending that tries to tie everything up in a perfect bow. And they sort of end on that idea of, Sometimes life's a bitch and you just go on living. And I think that they encapsulate that so well where it's like, yeah, this is complicated and hard, but we're just going to keep moving forward. And I think that's kind of what the show is all about. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. I agree completely. I don't Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <sighs> so the episode starts with the heart rate monitor flatlining and it's, the last part of the last episode of Horsin' Around where they killed the horse. <laughs> I do really like that flip where it was like from the last episode where it was like, oh, Bojack is clearly dead. And then it's like cuts to, oh, no, in fact, it was just the last episode of Horsin' Around that he was watching. And I'd kind of forgotten that they were like, oh, yeah, the horse died from lack of appreciation. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. And so it kind of zooms back from the TV. We see all of the garbage food drugs alcohol litter all over the house and the family who lives there arrives finding the mess and we see bojack floating in the pool like he looks dead but he wakes up in the hospital and officer meow meow fuzzy face is right there Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's this song playing over this entire montage. It's called, seems to be called, like, Why the Long Face or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just giving us all of the quick stuff of what has been going on where he is sentenced and he's, he has this whole trial and all of that. And we see a clip of Sarah Lynn's family on the news. And it seems like this is all just a culmination of bad things that he has done where now he's sentenced to be in jail for 14 months. Yeah, we see a lot of, like, magazine covers of the kid from the house, like, being traumatized. <laughs> Bojack scared the Bojeebies out of me. Honestly, he scared all of the, us, the Bojeebies, out of us. <laughs> and so 
we it kind of goes really fast again to that why the long face song which is very fun mm-hmm. we see actually see bojack going through the court proceedings a little bit without any of the narration he looks very cool and yeah he gets the 14 months and i think like 14 months is probably not what you get for breaking and entering but i <laughs> think it's kind of he's he's been sentenced for everything yeah, and he will go on to say that later of technically it was for breaking and entering, but I think it was kind of for everything because this is right at the exact same time that it's like, and he's being sued by Xerox and he just had to pay a wrongful death settlement for Sarah Lynn and like just all of these things make it seem as though when he was being sentenced, he was not treated with leniency. Yeah, I think that probably it's the type of appeal that in general, legally speaking, like it's the type of sentence you should be able to appeal. But mm-hmm. I think Bojack kind of at that point is like, listen. I yeah. I need to stop fighting against all of this stuff, and I need to just face some consequences. Yeah, he needs to face the consequences, and also maybe he doesn't appreciate it right at that second, but he has done really a lot better when he is in somewhere structured and where he doesn't have, as he will say, like he doesn't have the option to make bad choices for himself. Like he seems to appreciate being away from the real world to some extent. He and does great in institutions. Yeah, and obviously the prison industrial complex is truly a nightmare, but for him, he is able to see some of the benefits of being away from Hollywood, at least. Yeah, and he's in a supermax prison, and so a year has gone by, and he is directing a prison production of Hedda Gabler with his inmates. Yes, I don't know anything about Hedda Gabler, do you? Based on Google, it is a play written by Norwegian playwright Henrik Ibsen, and it has existed since 1891, and so... Hedda, the famous daughter of General Gabler, married George Tessman out of desperation, but she found life with him to be dull and tedious. During their wedding trip, her husband spent most of his time in libraries doing research in history for a book that is soon to be published. Apparently, it is an example of perverted femininity, and her situation illuminates what Ibsen considered to be a depraved society, intent on sacrificing to its own self-interest the freedom and general expression of its most gifted members. Her tragic flaw is willful narcissism. She's determined to get what she wants, even at the extent of others. Yeah, of oh, my God. Is Hedda Gabler a good person? Hedda Gabler is not a nice person. She taunts a recovering alcoholic about his masculinity and goads him into drinking again. She takes advantage of her husband's dying aunt to steal an irreplaceable document. She tries to trick a man into committing suicide and takes pleasure in the romance of his death. Wow. Oh, my God. Tough look for Hedda Gabler. Yeah, sounds like Hedda Gabler sucks. Yeah, well. Apparently considered a tragic hero. I don't think she sounds like a hero at all. (laughs) Not at all. I do like the idea that the inmates are all just like seemingly on board with this where he's giving them tons of direction and they're Mm -hmm. just like not even like pushing back at all. It's just like you have time to make a shiv and incite a prison right. You have time to learn your lines and they're just like, okay. (laughs) Like, yeah, true enough. We do. I mean, it seems like they all really just care about the art. Yeah, that's right. But Bojack has to leave because he has a weekend furlough to attend Princess Carolyn and Judah's wedding. Yay. Ah, so happy. We love those Mm -hmm. two crazy kids. Yes, we love it so much. So he gets picked up from the Supermax by Mr. Peanut Butter, who is like, why are you wearing that to the wedding? Because he just has his normal, like, bomber jacket, t-shirt, jeans. Because weirdly enough, he didn't go into prison expecting to need a suit when he got home yeah he's like i didn't know i'd be going to a wedding in a year like this is what i came in with this is what i'm wearing yeah but thankfully mr peanut butter is like let's let's get you a suit (laughs) yes good friend mr peanut butter great friend i mean he picked him up from jail 
bought him a suit. And he asks what he's in for. And this is where Bojack says, like, officially breaking and entering. But it's kind of everything. This is where they have a cute little interaction about Elefino. Or mm-hmm. Elefino. Where, you know, Mr. Peanut Butter's trying to get him to be like, oh, what's your favorite, like, small plate Lazy Susan restaurant? And Bojack's like, hell if I know. And he's like, oh, it means so much that you would <laughs> say that to me. Yeah, do you have a favorite establishment of that nature? <laughs> so cute. And then Mr. And then Bojack's like, yeah, I'm kind of hungry. Like, where should we go? And then Mr. Peanut Butter suggests Elefino, but Bo- Bojack thinks he's saying Hellefino, so he suggests mm-hmm. the diner. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Peanut Butter's just like, well. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely disappointed, but also he's like, I mean, Bojack's in prison. Like, I'll, I'll take him to the diner if that's what he wants. Yes, exactly. And I did enjoy the little callback to him just lifting up the bread, being like, I hope there's nothing horrible in here. Well, I mean, the last one, it was very clear from the beginning that there was a problem. Like, if there's spit on it, let alone mm-hmm. inside it. Whereas this one, he just got a normal meatball sub. It seems like yes. maybe the people at the diner have forgotten about Bojack Horseman. Mm-hmm. No note inside that says, like, go die or whatever. Maybe that chef moved on to a different career. <laughs> Maybe. I really enjoyed also that Mr. Peanut Butter is like, oh, yeah, I see Princess Carolyn sometimes, but mostly for birthday dad events, like when we won the Nobel Prize. Literally, it seems like birthday dad has just taken over the world. It is like the most successful show ever. It literally has, yeah, won a Nobel Prize, Emmy, like Mm -hmm. everything. It's won everything. Peabody Award. (laughs) Yeah. Like what? (laughs) But yeah, and it's and then he says that Judah mostly stays home with Ruthie, which we love to see. Which is so cute. Mm-hmm. We've seen him being very good with her already. Yeah, he is very good with her. But I also feel like Ruthie could be with Todd at the daycare and they mm-hmm. could both be working because it seems like working is something they're really passionate about doing together. Yes. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's kind of more in the, like like in the evenings evening, at award yeah. shows and stuff. Yeah, That would be my guess. So sweet. Let's let's his his wife his wife get all the spotlight and credit. He's just happy to be there, like on yes. the team. That sounds right. <laughs> and Mr. Peanut Butter's like, oh, did you think that like you thought you would marry Princess Carolyn, not Judah? And Bojack's like, no, I thought she wouldn't marry anyone because I wasted the best years of her life. <laughs> You're like, yeah, well, maybe these are the best years of her life. He's like, oh, jokes on me. Couldn't even waste the right years. Which is, like, funny, but also I'm like, ugh, Bojack, I I can never forgive you for all of the time you wasted for Princess Carolyn. Yeah, truly. Ugh. And Bojack's like, I am absolutely shocked that Princess Carolyn was able to get me out of prison for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Pinnabutter is like, oh, yeah, like, when do you actually get out? And he's like, oh, a couple months. Yeah. yeah. And Bojack's already starting to have a little bit of like, oh, I don't think I should be going to this. I'm not ready. I'm going to screw everything up for everyone because I always do. And then he ruins his suit. <laughs> yeah. So then they get a new suit. It's a better suit. The second one. Yeah, it is definitely a better suit. They uh, Bojack is just kind of like questioning Mr. Peanut Butter about what he thinks is going to happen at the event. What's going on? And this is where they go to Griffith Observatory. Mm hmm. Yeah, there's some good stuff in here on the drive up there. When Mr. Peanut Butter's talking about being in therapy, and he says, like, is my life anything produced by Christopher Nolan or something? His women are involved, but it's never really about the women. He goes on and on with that, and it, mm-hmm. it ends with, like, is it are all my examples, like, a British New Wave band? Because, yes. Yes. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, unreal that he has brought him to the Griffith Observatory. Yeah, Bojack's like... Call. 
what? I can't be here. Like, are you kidding me? And he's brought him to this press event that is going to take no more than two and a half hours. Yeah, it'll be 20 minutes, 30 minutes, no more than two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because, you know, people know Mr. Peanut Butter for all kinds of things. They know him as birthday dad. They know him as, like, Mr. Peanut Butter. They know him as a fracking what does, advocate. What does <laughs> advocate. They, mm-hmm. But some of them know him as the person who stole the D from the Hollywood sign. And now he wants to repay them by replacing it with a D, like birthday dad. Yes, D as in birthday dad. So now it is Hollywood. Hollywood. And Mr. Peanut Butter calls a sign company like, wow, next time I need a sign made, I will certainly think hard about hiring somebody else. Yes. Without further, a dad was also a good line. <laughs> yeah, that is. All of the dad jokes are funny. Mm-hmm. God, I love Mr. Peanut Butter. <laughs> I feel like we discovered a lot of his limitations in this rewatch, but he's just so funny. <laughs> he's so funny. We love it. So Bojack, after the press event, is literally like, I just want to go back to prison. Like, I can't do this. I can't be around people. And Mr. Peanut Butter is like, don't worry, you'll be fine. It, like, I will be, if we, we'll go to the wedding, and if you don't like it, we'll leave, and I'll be by your side. Unless I spot my old friend Erica, notice some notable characteristic about her looks or personality. But what are the odds of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, don't worry, like, I'll take you home the second you need to go or whatever. He also calls him Shawshank in this exchange, which is pretty funny. Then we catch the wedding and he has nowhere to be seen. Yeah, Bojack's just alone. So he's sitting, he's just standing there and it looks like he's going to go up to the roof, but Todd interrupts him and says, hey, the fireworks are starting in 10 minutes. We need to get down to the beach and I need to sit on your shoulders. There's no time to explain. Mm-hmm. Yes. And... Notably in this, we can see Ruthie and the little baby elephant playing together in the background. Sextina Aquafina is there. Very exciting. And then they run down to the beach, and it turns out Todd was just being a good friend and thought Bojack might be overwhelmed. Yeah, he literally was like, yeah, I just, you looked overwhelmed and needed some air, and so I, I got you out. He's like, why are we down here? He's like, because of the fireworks, obviously. Did you go to jail for being a bad listener? So funny. And this is where they kind of get into a conversation about, you know, Bojack being in jail, and... He feels like routine is good for him. He sets little goals for himself. Like next month, will he'll have beaten his record for most months sober. Mm-hmm. And Todd is like very supportive. And also, Todd is wearing like a very cute red suit. Yes, very cute. And I did love this from Todd, where Todd's gonna get the line of the episode, the episode title. But he's also just some of the stuff that he's saying is so nice where he's not making it like you have to do this forever and if you screw up even a little bit you're a failure he's like mm-hmm. bojack saying what happens after i beat that record and he's like then you'll keep beating it every day and if you relapse then you'll get sober again like it's gonna be great yeah and that, like that's the whole thing it's one day at a time yep it's i think it's hard to think of anything as oh this is what i'm doing forever now but exactly. if you're like i can do it today and then mm-hmm. you can do it tomorrow. And if you keep up with that, suddenly it adds up to forever. And if you slip up, then you know what? No big deal. You just start again tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. I have a friend I know who, obviously not the same thing, but just quitting smoking was saying that I would say like, oh, how's the no smoking going? And he would always say like, I'm not smoking today. And that was the way that worked for him. Yeah. And I think that makes total sense. Todd talks about the hokey pokey because he was at the office doing the hokey pokey with a work associate. And, you know, every time you do the hokey pokey, you turn yourself around. Like, you get to turn yourself around again. 
mm-hmm. talks about how he thought he would never have a relationship with his mother and now either he's changed or she's changed or they're both changing but you can always turn yourself around He's like, everybody makes such a thing about how it's about the hokey pokey in Bojack's like, yeah, well, that's what it's all about. He's like, no, it's not. It's about how you turn yourself around. That's what it's all yeah. about. And Very cute. So cute. And Bojack says, I can't tell if you're being smart or stupid. And it's like, this is wonderful. I feel like yeah. this is the perfect encapsulation of Todd. Exactly. He's like, I can't tell if you're being smart or stupid. And Todd's like, I never know. Mm-hmm. Bojack's <laughs> like, I think you had it for a minute and then lost it. And Todd's like, well, well, but it was nice while it lasted, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so good. So it feels like Todd and Bojack are in a good spot to end things off. Like, Mr. Peanut Butter and Bojack, I feel like I can see in a couple of months when Bojack gets out, he'll move into Mr. Peanut Butter's house, and mm-hmm. he'll have Todd as a friend, and I, I see that path for him, and I feel like that's very good. Yeah, I think in terms of kind of how they've grown in terms of these relationships is that Mr. Peanut Butter is going to be less annoying to Bojack. I think he'll always be a little bit like, ugh, this guy, he's so enthusiastic and Bojack's never going to be like that. But they've come to kind of an understanding of one another. And then with Todd, it's gone completely from clean up your shit, Todd, to Todd being like, I'm going to help you with your shit, Bojack. And I think that's so lovely. So, so lovely. And I love also, like, as we go through, we see how all of the relationships have changed. And it's good because it shows, like, how relationships can grow, how relationships can recover, and how sometimes relationships can end and that's for the best. And I mm-hmm. I like that it gives you all of those different options. Mm-hmm. And I think it, that one of the great things about this episode is it shows us how much these characters have grown. I think a lot of times... As shows go along, they start getting a little bit caricature-y in terms mm-hmm. of character development or whatever. And this is like, no, we have seen continuous growth for all of these characters and in terms of their own development and in terms of their relationships. And I think this does a good job of highlighting all of those changes. Exactly. Yeah, I think like Homer Simpson is one of the very common examples where like mm-hmm. he starts as like, yeah, he's dumb, but he cares about his mm-hmm. family and he's like trying. But by like future Simpsons, he's literally just like, the dumbest person that's ever lived and like mm-hmm. even erase some of his character development like just to be yeah. like yeah he's dumb that's his thing yeah exactly and like the the term that they use in terms of the simpsons is like flanderization and then people go back and apply that to like joey on friends <laughs> like kevin yes. on the office exactly yeah exactly exactly so i i think the show manages to avoid that even after Six wonderful seasons. Yes, they they really make the characters feel real, which is wild because they are literally cartoons. So Bojack goes back inside and meets up with Princess Carolyn. I gotta say, I don't like this dress. I'm not wild about it either. I was really curious to hear your take on it. I don't think it's her best outfit. It's very ugly. <laughs> it's got a weird cut, weird arm situation. Where yeah. It's like one sleeve on, one sleeve off kind of. Yeah, but it's not like immediately obvious that it's supposed to be off the shoulder like it almost looks like the dress got ripped here i'm pulling it up so i can look at it it's like on the one side it has like a blazer type collar and is very upright yeah and then it has a collar around her neck and then the other sleeve is down it literally looks like the dress is ripped yeah like it just doesn't make sense other than that like it's fine (laughs) <laughs> this Reddit thread says, might have been mentioned before, but her wedding dress embodies her newfound balance between work and personal life. And like, sure, that's cute. That's a cute idea. But it looks mm-hmm. stupid. And Princess Carolyn would never present herself that poorly. 
Yeah, yeah. And other people are like, I think they're the same. Like, I think it's balancing the fact that she has managed to harmonize them or something. But I don't well, know. Well, no, harmonizing, it would look good. It wouldn't yeah. look <laughs> dumb. Like, there's yeah. no harmony here. Yeah, agreed. I think Paige Sinclair's dress, we like that one better. <laughs> yeah, much better. Much better wedding dress. Now mm-hmm. I'm seeing people dressed up as, like, Princess Carolyn. <laughs> exactly what I just <laughs> And some of the costumes are really good, and some of them are troubling very troubling are you looking at this woman with the pink hair and the cat ears i see her yes but there's one of someone who's like dressed up and they have someone with them that's dressed up as bojack and the bojack is extremely troubling to me because they like altered one of those horse head things yeah there's also one here with like a weird purple crocheted mask yeah that's the one that i was looking at when i said it was troubling absolutely Mm -hmm. can't need to close these results yep (laughs) very very troubling but yeah I, i don't like the dress and bojack says that the wedding was really incredible and Princess Carolyn asked if it was too much, especially the mystery murder part where Judah had to solve which, like, bridesmaid did the murder. Yeah, murder the priest. <laughs> and Bojack's like, it was a lot, but, like, in the circum, like, it worked. It worked in the circumstances of this event. Yeah, he tells her she produced the hell out of it and did a great job. Yeah, Bojack asks where Judah is, and this is where I find out he is putting together contracts and is doing paperwork at his wedding because this is not their real wedding. They got married a week ago. And this is their industry wedding. Yes, she brought together all of Hollywood's Hollywood's finest, took away their phones, and then tomorrow they're going to be like, hey, I need to be connected with this person. And then all of a sudden, PC's got a producer credit. Classic. I I love it. She's always working, always thinking. And Bojack's like, wow, I'm offended that I wasn't important enough for your real wedding, but flattered to be at the industry one. And this is where you find out that the horny unicorn is trending like crazy and Hollywood is buzzing about his comeback. Yeah, I gotta say, when we watched the horny unicorn episode, I was like, this movie sounds like a nightmare and this is going to be a terrible idea. And he absolutely shouldn't be doing this because we don't need to see him saying the things that everyone else is too scared to say. And so when I was watching this and I was like, no, everyone loves this movie and it's incredible. And this is your comeback. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) People like this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing where like some demographics will watch anything and oftentimes Mm -hmm. it's like the largest, most powerful demographic is watching the dumbest shit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And this whole moment is interesting because Bojack is saying that he had kind of thought he would just kind of stick around and volunteer at the prison and kind of lay low and continue to do plays there even after he gets out. And now he's starting to reconsider because Princess Carolyn has told him that people are excited about his comeback. And he says like, oh, I had no idea that I could do other things. Maybe I should start doing that. And she gets super uncomfortable very quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like Bojack always seems to be doing well when his only option is to do well. But the minute he has an option to get acclaim or attention or something, like it does turn his head and he is always going to be more attracted to that than anything else until he specifically works on that. And like Mm -hmm. Bojack, I think more than anyone I've seen on TV, needs to heal his inner child. Yeah, very good call. Absolutely, yes. And I think even if we go back as far as his interview with Biscuits where he was doing really well and really succeeding in his journey and then people were like, you should do another one. You're part of the conversation now. And he's like, I'd be kind of a dick if I didn't do it. Like, yeah. as you said, it's easy to turn his head back to being like, oh, no, this is better for me. Like he the attention is really keeping him alive. Attention, Like myself, he wants attention. But <laughs> unlike myself, he can only get it in negative ways, it seems. 
Yes, and yeah, Princess Carolyn seems to recognize this and is very nervous about it and is like, you know what? Think about it and I'm sure you'll make the right choice. Or a choice. A choice, yeah. So music starts to play and Bojack and Princess Carolyn start dancing. It's a little bit awkward to start, but they get into it. And Bojack says that he kind of thought that when he got to the wedding, there would be like a sitcom disaster. He thought he would cause the disaster, but like maybe the example would be no one could find Princess Carolyn except for him. And Mm -hmm. he says that he would find her in her special spot until there's time to go and talk her into going through with the wedding. And it would be a symbol of how much he has grown. Yeah, because he was thinking either he would cause the disaster or he'd be the only one who could fix it. And this sounds right where he wants to be the hero of every narrative and she's like oh what would you have said to me and he's like i don't know uh come on man like do it she's like that's it that's all you would have said to me he's like i don't know yeah and so he's like okay well but like what would you have been afraid of and princess carolyn gives him examples even though this is the fictional situation that he has made up he says okay well i guess maybe i would be afraid to lose some part of myself and if i let someone else take care of me i won't feel like myself And maybe this thing that's supposed to make me happy doesn't make me as happy as it should. All valid concerns, I think, where a lot of times I think we're looking for this one thing to fix all of our problems. And it's like, once I'm in a relationship, then it'll be good. Or like, once I get a different job, then I'll be happy. And I think that's a valid concern to think, if this doesn't actually make me that happy, then I have to start digging into myself. And that's a scary thought. But then Bojack is like, oh, my God, these are great arguments. (laughs) Like, oh, this is so scary. She's like, what? Are you kidding me? This is supposed to be your hypothetical. Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, well, let me let me tell you, like, you should listen to yourself. Like, Princess Carolyn wanted this at one point and you're the smartest woman I know. And, you know, maybe you don't need to think about, like, being as happy as you should and just focus on being happy right now, which is good Mm -hmm. advice. Yes, it's good advice. And Bojack says, but obviously you didn't need me to say that. And she goes, I guess I didn't, which like, obviously she didn't. She already married. <laughs> she yeah. Didn't need and this is this. where Bojack's like, oh, it would have been a better story if you had cold feet. And she's like, a better story for you. Like, I'm happy yeah. with my story. <laughs> yes, exactly. And this is nice where he then says, you know, if I decide to go back, I'm going to need a representation. And she just goes, I can recommend some excellent people. Very good boundary setting from Princess Carolyn in a nice way where they hug and they both seem okay. And, and it, it kind of, to me, the implication of this is, like, she will always be a resource for him, but she mm-hmm. will never be, like, his savior again. And I wouldn't be surprised if after this they only saw each other at award shows. That sounds right to me, where I don't think they're going to be very active in each other's lives going forward. And I think they're always going to be sort of fond of each other. They're going to look back on their time together positively, and there's not any ill will there but princess carolyn's not gonna let herself get kind of sucked into his orbit again yeah she's she's learned her lesson and she has a good relationship with a good man that i think if she ever started getting tempted to go back down that path judah would be like princess carolyn you know better than this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's great and it goes back to all the way back when bojack had said you know i want you to be able to tell your daughter that you were part of a story where someone took accountability and you didn't just continue to sink yourself into his mess exactly so then we get the final scene of the episode. Bojack goes up naturally to the roof where Diana's hiding out having a cigarette. She says, I'm trying to quit. And he's like, yeah, it looks like you're trying really hard. And he, she's like, don't be shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly gets tense. Yeah. Because I, I think it's the thing where like in general, if you're smoking and someone says, ha, it looks like you're trying pretty hard. In general, you would just laugh like, ha ha. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I got it. But things are not 
good between Diane and Bojack. Like, it is very awkward. He asks if she's doing okay, and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm writing a middle grade fiction series. My, He's like, yeah, I, you know, my new movie is coming out. Mm-hmm. She gets so upset because he's like, I know you think I'm a sellout for working with Vance Wagner. She's like, don't tell me how I feel. And they had this big argument where she's like, I'm trying to smoke. I'm not trying to get into this with you. And yeah, that's bad. Well, yeah, and it's the thing too where he's like, she's like, you came to me. And it's like, mm-hmm. I they have so much unresolved issues now that they, they can't yeah. make small talk. They can't have a normal conversation. And I don't think that's either of their faults. Like, I don't actually think either of them have done anything wrong to this point in this moment it's just that there's so much history and so much buildup, and their last interaction is him leaving her a voicemail when he's like dying that's the thing they can't get over that particular thing and that makes a lot of sense to me where it's not actually about any of these individual tiny things like you're saying where neither of them has done anything wrong in this moment where him teasing her about smoking and being like i know you probably think i'm a seller like th- these don't have to be as fraught as they are but just because the last thing she has heard from him is this incredibly traumatic voicemail, it makes a lot of sense that this would be very heavy. Yes. And so, like, he's like, I just want to talk to you because I miss talking to you. And Tyne's like, oh, I wish I had my phone right now. He's like, yeah, I know. I never know what to do with my hands at parties. And she's like, no, because I want to play you the voicemail. The last voicemail that you left me, like, do you remember leaving me that voicemail? And she's like, before you, I left for Chicago, you were sober. You told me you were sober. My life was good. I was feeling good about my future and I moved. And you promised me that you were sober. Like maybe it was selfish of me to ask, but you said you were going to be okay. And then one day I got this voicemail. She's like, you sound like sardonic or as close to happy as you ever get. Mm -hmm. But you told me that you were going swimming and that nothing matters and nobody cares about you. And if nobody cares, then... I'm going swimming unless you care enough to call me saying that you don't want me to go swimming. And otherwise, I'll just assume that nobody cares. It's so bad, that (sighs) that line in particular, of just call me back or I'll assume you don't care. Like, that's emotional blackmail. And and one of the things they had said early on was Diane was saying, I can't leave unless I know you're going to be okay. And he was like, that's not a friendship. That's a hostage situation. Mm -hmm. And this is a little bit of that hostage situation coming back. Exactly. Which at the same time, like, totally fair, totally understandable. This is a very upsetting voicemail to get. But also, like, to me, you kind of have to at least understand that this is someone with addiction in the throes of addiction Mm -hmm. making choices that aren't, like, them either. It doesn't mean you have to forgive them or move past it. But... I don't th- like I don't know how you have a productive conversation about this because I like I don't know what like what is he supposed to say now that he it's a year later and he's sober and he maybe doesn't even remember leaving the voice like I just don't know how you can move past it like I think it might just be one of those things where you just don't talk anymore. I think it is a complicated situation where the voicemail obviously I agree. I think it's one of these things where you probably just can't move past it. And so you just don't have this yeah. person in your life anymore. But I also think, I think, I think we're saying the exact same thing, where I think she's kind of conflating two things where she's like, you left me this really traumatic voicemail. And that was horrible. And you shouldn't have done that to me. But also, she's being a bit like, you said you were sober, you promised me you were sober. And I know that that's obviously a really hard thing to have someone in your life who is dealing with addiction, that's obviously going to be that sort of roller coaster of navigating that. But I think she's taking on both things where he's being like, 
calling and leaving her this incredibly manipulative, horrible voicemail, but also she seems to be conflating it of like, and you relapsed and made that my fault, kind of. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I th- I think I can't see this clearly because I I don't have this situation with someone who has addiction, but I did have a situation where I, when I was 16, my best friend completed suicide, and mm-hmm. I had a voicemail from him that was like, I'm sorry, I just wanted you to be the last person I talked to, and I think I just can't, I can't see it clearly. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I know. Sad. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah, that's hard. So, yeah, I, I think I just have trouble with the voicemail situation because of personal yeah. trauma. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Jesus Christ. <sighs> <sighs> I know. Sorry. Sorry. Time. Trigger no. warning, everyone. Kirsten's no. getting real. Yeah, no. Thank you for sharing that. That's And it's also, and... yeah, it's sad. It's sad and it's horrible and it's been 14 years, so... <laughs> but I also think like I know and obviously that was not an easy thing to share but I also think one of the things that you've really brought to all the discussions about completed suicide on this podcast I think it's been super informed by that experience and I think you've brought a lot of value to that conversation by being so vulnerable about that I, I, yeah I think that I think that if you've never been close to suicide it's really hard to have mm-hmm. empathy for people that have had suicidal ideation or suicidal thoughts or suicide attempts and I think that it's really easy to only think of it from your own brain that has never felt that way of why would you do yep. that? It's a selfish thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a, like such a stupid thing. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And it just like completely negates the experience of people who have had suicidal ideation. Obviously, I'm in favor of mental health supports to help people so that they don't get to that point or to pull them back from that point. But I think that you have to be grounded in empathy. And I think that just Mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And and I totally agree with you. I think a lot of the time when people are saying things like that, it's like, okay, you obviously have not. Like to me, it's the the same as when you're like, oh, I'm depressed. And they're like, oh, you should exercise because it gives you endorphins and then you won't be depressed anymore. And it's like, you don't understand and you can't understand. And it's not your fault that you can't understand, but you have to try mm-hmm. to understand. Yeah, and you just totally. have to believe people when they're telling you, like, how they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Sorry for bringing up suicide. No, well, God, We can no, use the it, um, suicide thing from last episode at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think it's so important. And I think it, like, I... Just going back to when Lekka was on a couple of weeks ago, she brought up the letters to Bojack, and <sighs> I was reading through some of those and was like, oh my god, this is incredible. But even just the stuff people have sent in, I think this episode, even though this one is not as explicitly about suicide or suicidal ideation in the way that a lot of previous episodes have been, I think that this episode for a lot of people speaks to that still, and yeah. a, a big part of that one of the things we talked about last week was whether we expected Bojack to die by the end of the series. And I think the fact that he doesn't gives people a lot of hope that I think is yes, almost understated. Exactly. It gives a lot of hope, but also he faces consequences, right? He faces exactly. consequences yeah. and he keeps going. And I think that that is yeah. so meaningful and provides so much hope to people and I, and I think that's why I like it was like that is it's a hopeful show at its core and I, and I, we get that with the ending I feel like the ending is hopeful it's mm-hmm. it's really good so Diane okay Diane goes is like 
she's upset because she thought he was dead for seven hours, which is completely understandable. That's a very upsetting thing. And it's fair to be angry and upset and annoyed and, like, horrified. And then finding out that he's not dead and still being kind of angry is also, like, a totally fair human response. Like, I th- I think a lot of the times we just police people for how they feel and try to be like, oh, th- they feel the wrong sort of way or the right sort of way. And Bojack's really good about just being like, no, this is just the way they feel and like deal with it and just live your life, move on. Yeah, no, totally. And And I think one of the things that we talked about that sort of ties in with that too is how I think this show does a good job of not being like there are good people and bad people it's like there are just people who are doing things and the consequences that come out of those actions and I think this is a little bit of the same thing or it's not your feelings are right or your feelings are wrong it's just these are your feelings and let's address them yeah and that's the thing too Diane literally was one who said I don't think there's good guys and bad guys I think there's just guys Mm -hmm. and then this is just I I feel like the first level interpretation of that is to then get annoyed at this interaction and be like, mm-hmm. well, she should recognize, oh, there's just guys. Like, it's not good or bad. But then, like, I think the more nuanced and interesting reading is like, exactly. She, no one's a good guy or a bad guy, but everyone still has feelings and is working through them. And they don't have to necessarily make sense with their life philosophy. Yeah, exactly. And I do think it's fair on Diane's part where she says you constantly made me feel like it was my job to save you. And certainly they got into that pattern of her being like, I can't leave unless I know you're okay because they've gotten into this dynamic. But I also think he did that to Princess Carolyn too. And he did that to her and he just kind of puts this on lots of people in his orbit. And I think that's like trying to navigate that dynamic has been so much of this last season. Well, and I think so. Bojack is a narcissist for sure. Like, I think it's very clear Mm -hmm. from the episode. But I don't think he's a malicious narcissist. Like, I, th- I think that people are caught up in his storm and there are casualties. But I don't think he intentionally made Diane the person who has to save him. I don't think he intentionally mm-hmm. made Princess Carolyn. I think he just makes everything about himself. And so if you're yeah. going to be in his life, you kind of also have to make everything about him. And I do Mm-hmm. I don't think that's anyone's fault. Like, I don't think it's Diane's yeah. fault for falling into that pattern. I also don't think it's Bojack's fault for creating it. Yeah. I think one of the things that was really helpful for me in navigating my own patterns was learning about this idea of if you're worried that people are going to leave you or you're concerned about that, a lot of times you think that the way to prevent that is by making everything kind of perfect and being like, okay, if I can just like control everything around me, they will have no reason to leave. And I think we see that here with both Princess Carolyn and with Diane, where they're both like kind of people trying to control their surroundings a lot, mostly with Princess Carolyn. She's someone who's like a natural helper and trying Mm -hmm. to fix every situation. And those people tend to be drawn to people that need a lot of fixing. (laughs) It's like, oh, this person is going to need me. Let me do these things Mm -hmm. that will show my value to them in a very explicit way, rather than just being like, I trust that they love me inherently. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think it just goes back. And I think that this is one thing I really, really love about BoJack. So We talk a lot about different types of personality disorders and mental health issues, and I feel like Bojack is one of the very few shows that gives you a nuanced view on, like, Cluster B personality disorders, Mm -hmm. which is, like, where narcissistic personality disorder, like, borderline personality disorder, all of that stuff kind of fits into. And I think a lot of the Mm -hmm. time we talk about how mental health matters and 
you know, everyone should get the help that they need. But then as soon as someone has a cluster B personality disorder, it's like, wow, they're a bad person. They're a lost cause. But it's like... Exactly. I just read this book that was called What My Bones Know. Have you heard of this? I feel like I've heard of it, but I've never like looked into it. Yeah, it's pretty new. It's by Stephanie Fu, and she's talking about her experiences with complex PTSD. And she talks a lot about that exact experience that you're describing, where with that, and especially I think with borderline personality disorder, things like that, you're constantly reading about your diagnosis and just reading like these people are basically impossible to love because of what crappy people they are. And she just talks about how reading that even in kind of the the official literature about it or whatever is so damaging that the way that we talk about it is just these people are difficult and it's so hard to be around them and like we really need to do a better job of changing the language around that and how we talk about these things a hundred percent hundred percent back to back to the episode so diane asks like well why did you call me when you knew i was in chicago and bojack's like i was drunk and high and i wanted to like i think that because of all of their past experiences, she is putting a lens of like, oh, there was an intentionality there that just Bojack mm-hmm. wasn't about himself enough to have intentionality. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I don't want us to, and, I, and obviously we're not, I don't want it to come off like we're trying to excuse Bojack for leaving that message. But also, I think it's important to recognize like he thought he still lived in his house and was there because he thought he lived there. Like this was not someone who was thinking rationally. Yeah, I, I don't think it's excusing the voicemail. I think it's more so to look at the voicemail. You have to also look at the drunk driving and the drinking and the relapse and the breaking into his home and the stealing drugs. Like exactly. the voicemail is just yeah, to put it in context. The one symptom that Diane saw of that night. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, exactly. she I think that's important. doesn't know the context of how messed up he was. And it doesn't excuse it, but I I don't know. I just I just I'm always going to be a little bit more understanding of Bojack on that night in that moment. And it doesn't mean that like mm-hmm. I'm I'm I don't think Diane is in the wrong for being upset about it or even questioning him about it now when they're finally talking again because they haven't mm-hmm. spoken since. I just think it is a super complicated situation and though of course like Bojack has done countless bad things and like I, I'm not like oh I love Bojack so much. It's just he's the main character of the show and so we get more of his perspective and we can understand his actions more than she will ever be able to understand them. Yeah and I have had lots of experiences with people in my life dealing with addiction and know how hard it can be to offer that grace that comes along with contextualizing their actions and especially the more it happens the less yes sort of time you have for that like the more it wears on you in terms of the impact it's having on you but I, th- I do think it is important in this particular case to think about take a step back and just think about the context in which it happened and obviously it really sucks but yeah it's horrible just, we're trying to paint the full picture here <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's absolutely horrible so this is where you know Bojack asks well are you still in oh this is actually first diane says like maybe it's everyone's job to save each other and i'm glad that you're alive and he's like yeah Mm -hmm. i'm glad too so that's nice i like that takeaway of maybe it's everyone's job to save each other like don't she shouldn't be taking it on just for him but like maybe we all just kind of have a responsibility to one another in a way that is this nice kind of holistic view yeah i and i i like that i and i feel like that's kind of my life philosophy as well right so Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I I will just actually, just on that note, before we go, though, I do just want to say once again, like, we're going to play the disclaimer about suicide at the start of this this episode, and it has those hotline numbers to call 
if you Mm -hmm. need help. And those are lines that are open 24-7 and someone will absolutely be there. I... I please do not DM me about your suicidal ideation, suicide attempts, or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. I I can't I can't handle that. I I it's yeah. a boundary that I need to set. So I hope that what I have shared has resonated with people. But like, please don't talk to me about it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think it's super important that we are sharing these things. There absolutely are resources out there for people, and people have been extremely generous in sharing their personal stories. I've been fielding those and have very intentionally not been sharing yeah, all of the Lindsay, details. Lindsay the filters them for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been fielding those. And I know I definitely appreciate how vulnerable people have been. And just remember that there are lots of resources out there for you. And I think it was really important, Kirsten, in the last disclaimer you put up front. If you don't know the numbers, you can call 911. There's always going to be someone there for you. Yes, so. exactly. Okay. So Bojack questions Diane if she's still in Chicago. And she's like, well, you know, my boyfriend at the time wanted me to move to Houston. I wanted to move to Houston. But after the voicemail, I got scared and I didn't trust myself. And so I stayed in Chicago and we were dating long distance. But it was really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she keeps saying boyfriend at the time. And Bojack even kind of goes like, oh, no, like he, he he's going to take this on that this was his fault. Mm-hmm. And understandably, like I can understand why because she's definitely framing it as like, I was happy with him, but I didn't trust it. And I we just had to not move together. Yes. And he's like, oh, did you break up? And she's like, no, and shows her ring and her and guy are married or mm-hmm. engaged. I, I can't really tell what type of ring it is. Yeah, I, t- I took it to be married. But yeah, I, it looked like a wedding band, but like the anim- the animation is not like so sophisticated that we would necessarily be able to tell <laughs> if it was just an engagement ring. Yes, true. Yeah, and Bojack says like, "How'd you learn to trust it?" And she says, "I didn't." But here we are. Yeah, she's like, he's like, "How do you trust like being happy?" And she's like, "I don't really, but I trust Guy," which I think is interesting. But I also like don't love that this end of the Diane arc is that she like needed a man yeah i don't know if that's like i I don't think that's what's intended i think it's really beautiful and i love her relationship with guy Mm -hmm. but i think it just implies that she like needed a man to be her touchstone and i i don't love that but i also think we don't get enough time to really tease out that dynamic and i don't think that's what you're supposed to take away from it yeah it's interesting i didn't even think about that i think that's a good thing to at least spend a little bit of time thinking about i think it's just like one one last example of them not knowing what to do with diane yeah yeah i think that it's it's a very fair criticism where it's like couldn't she have learned some ways to maybe deal with it without having to be like he's the only thing i trust in life it does seem a bit fragile maybe to yeah. be like he's the only good thing it's like when when she was moving to chicago in the first place she was like i can make grilled cheese anywhere or whatever like we felt like that was a bit flimsy as well yeah it's like you might need something stronger to hold on to and we obviously love guy and he's wonderful for her yes and we and love the relationship together yes but I, I like to hope that that's not the only thing that she has that can make her feel happy. Yeah. And they just don't show that to us, which is frustrating. Yeah. To say the least. Yes. Agreed. Bojack's like, I have a hard time picturing you in Houston. And she's like, yeah, I wear I smile more and I wear fewer jackets. <laughs> yeah. I'm a totally different person now. I mean, I feel like she wore a lot of jackets for being in LA, TBH. I know. It's funny because I thought the same thing when she said that, where she's like, I'm a totally different person in Houston than in LA. I wear fewer jackets. Like, yes, LA, famously cold. 
Right? <laughs> when, like, obviously the jacket she had, though it was short, was clearly warm because the winter version of it didn't look much thicker. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't warm enough for Chicago, but was apparently warm enough for LA. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen. I, I've never been to LA or Houston, so I, I can't say. So, t- Chappelle, tell us about <laughs> how warm it is. Please fill us in. Diane looks back at who she was in LA and wonders who that person was, but she's glad that she's not that person anymore and she was scared to come back yeah she was really worried that it was going to make her like spin back into her old habits and start questioning everything and wondering if her happiness is real basically Mm -hmm. and she's happy to report that that didn't happen and i think that does speak a bit to her just being a bit more solid in where she's at yes exactly and i it's i think it's interesting because like with every step of you know recovery or treatment she she still fears the past and fears who she was mm-hmm. in a different place in time and i just think that is so understandable to be worried that like it's the mm-hmm. place that caused the problems and not yes. the things that happened there but obviously it is it's the things that happened and the people that you interact with that make changes not the place itself yeah exactly and i, I think that goes back a bit to what we were saying before about like you eventually if the things you thought were going to make you happy don't make you happy, eventually you have to dig into yourself. And I think this is that too, where it's like wherever you go, there you are. Like you can't escape yourself. And it's, I think it's very reasonable to think that your mental state feels very fragile, especially when you've been dealing with mental health issues. It's like, oh, how long is this going to last before I have another crisis of some kind? When will the other shoe drop? Exactly. And I think that makes a lot of sense and is very consistent with what we've seen of Diane. So it's nice to see that she's able to carry the sense of okayness with her to these new places yes. or old places and she says she needs to tell bojack something and bojack's like no you don't owe me anything and she says no i need to say this thank you it's going to be okay i'm sorry thank you yeah she says it very quickly in a way that's like i'm about to leave and never come back yeah and Bo- bojack's like wait can i tell you a funny story and she's like i'll stay but only if it's like really funny and he's like well, i don't want to lie to you like it's only kind of funny I loved that line. That's so good. I don't want to lie to you. This isn't a great story. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that there is a weekly movie night at the prison, and the system is – they're all supposed to vote on the movie they want to watch, but it's rigged because Big Andy loves the movie The Family Stone. It's his favorite movie, and he gets his guys to vote for it every week. So they watch The Family Stone every single week. Have you seen The Family Stone? I don't think so, but, like, maybe. I definitely have not. I – I don't think if I've seen it, it's more so like it's been on TV, not like, oh, I've watched right. <laughs> it. Looking at the cast, I do love that Dermot Mulroney is one of the main characters. Well, I'm surprised he gets <laughs> top billing over Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, right. Oh, he but then. Her to let her freak flag fly. When I, yeah, when I pull. No, Luke Wilson shows him her how to. Oh, yes, right. Um, yes. Thank you. I actually pulling it when you get the cast, it, it's in credits order. And so Claire Danes gets the first, the first credit in it yeah claire danes diane keaton rachel mcadams dermot moroney craig t nelson sarah jessica parker luke wilson oh what a cast yeah it's a star started cast it's, it looks like it's a it's a christmas rom-com i think yes i knew it was christmas but didn't know anything about it yeah truly i if i've seen it it's just that i've been around it like i'm, I'm not familiar with it and yeah. <laughs> yeah bojack says it's perfectly fine diane's like whose favorite movie is the family stone i really like here where diane's like is movie night mandatory? And Bojack's like, no, I'm not yeah, a Philistine. 
I support the arts. <laughs> yeah, I love that too. <laughs> I, I really like that. I think that's probably like the funniest line of the whole episode. I'm not a philistine. I support the arts. Yes. Bojack says he knows a guy who volunteers at the library where they keep the DVDs. So he offered to give him Jello for a month if the family stone goes missing. A movie night comes around, the DVD's missing. Big Andy and the guys are riled up. Diane's like, oh, what happened? He's like, prison riot. She's like, really? He's like, no. I suggested we watch Pieces of April this week. And then worse than a prison riot, Big Andy falls in love with Pieces of April. And now we watch Pieces of April every single week. <laughs> Have you seen Pieces of <laughs> April? Of course not. <laughs> now, this one I certainly haven't. I've never even heard of this. I do love that Pieces of April is a Thanksgiving dinner movie. So, like, still, like, a fall time <laughs> holiday. Mm-hmm. Looks like Katie Holmes. Yeah. A lot of people, it's a less star-studded cast than the Family Stone, that's for sure. No familiarity with this movie. Yeah, I have I have never even heard of it except for watching BoJack. <laughs> but Katie Holmes looks like a very alt girl on the cover of the DVD. And it says, a wayward daughter invites her dying mother and the rest of her estranged family to her apartment for a Thanksgiving dinner. Right, so, good. We love a holiday movie. Love holiday movies, apparently. A big Andy does, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Diane says, well, you really made your bed with that one. But that sounds awful. Yeah. yeah. And then this is where we get that line of, like, sometimes life's a bitch and then you die. And Diane says, and sometimes life's a bitch and you keep on living. Exactly. Diane says, it's a nice night. Bojack's like, yeah, the time we're spending together is nice. There's an awkward moment of, like, wouldn't it be funny if this is the last time we ever talk to each other? Which is, like, it. this is very clearly the last time they are ever going to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And Diane kind of laughs awkwardly. They look up at the sky. And it's it's pretty clear that both of them are, like, wanting to fill the science but don't know what mm-hmm. to say. And yeah. Bojack briefly smiles for a moment. But Diane just looks, like, super uncomfortable and it goes up to the sky and Mm -hmm. then it's over they both kind of look at each other periodically and like sort of open their mouths and don't say anything and i think one of the things that really i think every time i watch this it really strikes me that this is a very bold choice how long they let this go this is like two minutes of them just looking up at the sky in silence with just the music behind them and i think that's a a bold way to end a show but i also think perfect for the show I like it. In the, in the conversation with Princess Carolyn, she says that they're doing a all-female version of 12 Angry Men, 11 Angry Women, and Bojack's like, not 12. Mm-hmm. And Princess Carolyn says, gotta leave room for the sequel. And I feel like this episode did not leave room for a sequel. There, We don't, like, I feel like it's very definitive. Bojack is over. He's wrapped up his relationships with all of the main characters, and it's done. And mm-hmm. now we can either accept that it's over or we cannot but it is i think this is one of the shows where i wouldn't want them to bring it back i feel like periodically you see people being like will arnett says he's open to a season seven i'm like don't do this because it's like i i don't think like if they're gonna bring back bojack ever basically it hinges upon bojack relapsing bojack being bad bojack having bad behavior or you know relitigating a lot of the issues in hollywood and i think they it said what it needed to say and i like a show that doesn't just drag on for the sake of it yeah i agree yeah exactly so that's the episode and i i do know that there is a little bit of controversy about the finale i know not everybody loves it but i do yeah i love it too i think it's great and i think it wraps everything up 
in exactly the right way where this is not a show that should have a bow wrapped around it where it's like and they all lived happily ever after because i think this show has tried really hard to be real and to show that life is complicated and hard and this is that ending it's complicated and hard and we're all just going to keep moving forward exactly that's a series of bojack yeah that's a that's a series i'm assuming (laughs) we have like a million pieces of feedback we do yes so first up is noah he says the series finale is cautiously optimistic watching him lose hollyhock and diane was tough even if you could argue that they're better off without him the series ends with bojack and diane sitting next to each other but further apart than they've ever been i'll leave you with this quote from Franz schubert nobody can feel another's sorrow just as no one can understand another's joy people think they can reach one another in fact we only pass each other by very nice yeah Natalie said there's a lot of discourse around whether or not Bojack should have died in the finale, but I think Bojack is dead truthers have a pretty bad argument. So I I, I think it's like dying would be too easy. Mm -hmm. He lives to finally offer accountability to himself and those around him. The point in his last conversation with Diane when she says sometimes life's a bitch and you keep living. Nobody deserves to die no matter what they've done. He can be a good man or at least a better one, and he has to be able to live with that. I'm all for horses facing consequences, but they gotta be alive, you know? Podcast was such a fun ride. Can't wait to stick around for Toucan Bird Pod or Bojack Horse Pod Redux, whatever comes next. Have the best time recording your last episodes and enjoy your summer breaks. Also, Kirsten, best of luck with the strike. <laughs> Thank you. The, the strike vote is concluded. We'll get the results next week. Incredible. So, so maybe when people are listening to this, you'll know what has happened. Yes. Who knows? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Megan, a couple months ago, I found your podcast. I binged and I just started your episodes on season six. Thank you all for making this podcast. I often randomly rewatch BoJack on Netflix and inevitably travel on an emotional roller coaster similar to the ones in Todd's Disneyland. I loved hearing your hot takes and discussions this time around. Women-led BoJack podcast with fun guests. Hooray. Lindsay and Kirsten, I totally understand you and the times. You don't know who the celebrities are unless it's Nicole Byer. We are the same and I feel seen but not attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Oh, and also Megan. So Megan and this next person, Alfonso, both within like an hour of each other, each sent an email with the subject line, new fan, exclamation mark, which was very funny. Aww. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Alfonso says, I started watching BoJack in college and have rewatched some of the episodes at least 20 times and the series as a whole, like three times. I'm a huge fan of RHAP, so I was pleasantly surprised to come across this show. I'm so late to the party and so sorry if my comments are hella dated or have already been discussed. Just finished episode 10 of season one where the book gets published and I had some observations you might like. I always found Bojack and Diane's relationship interesting because they are so alike. The sleek lies she would say to get things out of him, the running away behavior she exhibits in the first couple episodes, the need for attention and external validation. I think she's just as chaotic as him, but to herself, if that makes any sense. That's interesting. I mean, I think that that's a theme that we super explore over the rest of the podcast. And so hopefully yes. they enjoy, they keep listening and they en- enjoy our thoughts on that. Alex, who is a relatively new patron. So thank you, Alex. I don't have any feedback for the episode because I haven't rewatched it yet. But I just wanted to say before you record the episode that I really loved my time watching BoJack with you. Loved hearing your insight and thoughts on the show and can't wait to see what you do next. Thanks, Alex. Sarah says, feedback on the feedback. I have to co-sign what Lindsay said. I'm now a believer in the Paige and Max bringing levity to these heavy topics. Thank you, Kirsten, for giving me a reason to like these ridiculous characters. Look at me changing hearts and minds. That's right. Sarah also says about the finale, I was thinking about how the Princess Carolyn plot ends up so nicely for her. After Bojack's disastrous second interview, she walks away from him and goes to focus on her daughter and lets him go, which is what Bojack said her happy ending should be. And in doing so and letting go of the things she obsessively tried to fix, she opened herself up to the person who was there, always supporting her, not trying to fix her, but just being there for her. And she gets a happy ending for Ruthie, too. Hell yeah. Excited to see where the podcast goes next. And if we do a feedback show, could we do voicemails? I would love to hear from some horse girls. I don't know how to do that, but if people want to send voice notes, I can try to figure it out. Um, I think we would figure <laughs> I think we'd have to start a SpeakPipe account. Yeah, we unless will... people just send like a voice note to email. 
we'll figure it out. We'll we'll look into it, and if it's possible, we will do it. But we make no promises. And then Rose, talking about last week's episode, said. The symbolism, the callbacks, I can't. The show is too good for its own good. And if this was the last episode of the show, it would be way too sad and depressing. The phone call at the end, my heart sank the first time I watched it, and it still hurts to watch. Yep. And Herb, his last note line is, oh, Bojack, no, my soul dies a little. Yeah. Also, the poem crying emoji. Okay, this one. Oh, my God. This is, a, this is a rough one. But fun fact, Bojack took 17 minutes to call an ambulance for Sarah Lynn. And in this episode, at exactly 17 minutes, Bojack sees himself in the pool and realizes that he's dying. Nope, 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 no, 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 no. I do not perceive. Nope, nope. And then uh, I just wanted to flag we have emails from Ritz, Sam, and Jake, but they're all kind of like series wide questions. So I will save those for our feedback episode. And then we got two more five star reviews. Ooh, thank you. One of them from, yeah, from DAM. My up has been significantly surfed. I'm so upset I caught this podcast so late. The show is so important to me. Mm. And Fonzo, the guy who also sent the message, the email earlier. I think also this was the one I read last week, but it has been updated. It says, I'm literally just finding this podcast, and y'all are like a year into it. RHAP is always delivering, and this show is no different. I'm a huge BoJack fan, and I spent so many hours rewatching the show, and now I have this. Sorry I'm late, but glad I made it. Smiley face. Glad you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. I will double check while you continue, but I think that's it. Um, Yeah, so that is all. We have finished BoJack. If you would like to get in some feedback for our like look back feedback type show, you can email us bojackhorsepod at gmail.com. You can tweet us at bojackhorsepod. As well, you can hear more content from us. Lindsay is releasing a Futurama rewatch podcast called The Podcast of Tomorrow that you can go follow, rate, review, and subscribe to. And if you want to hear more from me, well, you are in in luck. Today, the day of recording, Love Island USA is coming back, so I'll be covering that on the Hot Dummies on Islands podcast feed with the great Brian Scally, who you know from our show. I am mm-hmm. talking pop culture, celeb gossip, and trending topics with Sasha Joseph on Mess Magnets until at least the end of August 2022, and you can follow us there. If you subscribe to our exclusive feed, you get it 24 hours early, so please, please, please go subscribe there. We need, we need the horse girls' support and validation. You will be hearing from us next week when we possibly talk about our first podcast episode just to get a little meta for you all (laughs) but the podcast will not end and in addition to that if you want more exclusive content from us you can go become a patron over on patreon that is patreon.com slash bojack horse pod thank you so much horse girls we love you and we will be back next week bye